But this morning, this morning I've got to kind of shift gears just a little bit. And you can blame this. Actually, I was supposed to be doing a Bible study on Wednesday night, which we've not done much of because I, I've, I've been going on other places with the Lord. But it's supposed to be a study Galatians uh, on Wednesday nights, and I've only done one message out of Galatians. But it's been all up to the Lord. You know, I just go wherever he leads because that's the only way I know to do it. Because if I don't go where he leads, it goes dead anyway. It's the end of the trail. So, but out of, out of my study, I have studied Galatians now about five or six weeks, and I've only preached one message out of it. But out of that study come this thought this morning. It just so stirred my heart. And not just the study. Uh, you have to take into account I run in a lot of practical situations, a lot of, a lot of moments, and even when God speaks, and, and really put this on my heart this morning. It's a little bit different. Uh, can you handle a little bit of word this morning? Uh, can it be a little more word-based this morning? I mean, we are always word-based, but a little more content of word because that, that, that's, this is maybe got a little more content of God's word, but that, but that way that way won't be wrong. It'll be right. <laughs> Amen. If you're reading his word, it'll be right. So, uh, but I want to turn to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and I want to read about the first 11 verses this morning. And we're not going to touch on it all, but for context, I, I want to use, use those 11 verses this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 1, of course, first two or three verses is, is just greetings, but we'll read it uh, just because all the word of God is profitable. Amen. The Bible says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, Amen. And Lord Jesus Christ, which is our, do you need hope this morning? I can tell you where it's at. It's in Jesus Christ. Amen. Nowhere else. Go on. You, you done got something right out of the very first greeting verse. It's just, it's all your hope. If you lack hope this morning, turn to Jesus. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Unto Timothy, my, my own son in the faith, his uh, son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus when I went unto Macedonia, that thou mightest charge. He said, I want you, I'm going to charge you to teach some things. I want you to teach some things. Uh, but I, I, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Tell them, there's one doctrine. There's one true gospel. And this is what he says. He says, charge them, tell them, don't, don't give heed to fables or endless genealogies or all the bull that we hear in our world today, all that 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 society and culture and world and professors and, and whatnot has come up with, which minister questions rather than godly edifying. How many of this morning we need godly edifying? Which is in faith, and he says so do. Verse 5. Now, listen, this, this, this is where I want you to pay attention a little bit. Now, the end of the commandment, when you get to the end of it all, here's a purpose, here's a purpose, here's a goal, here's what, here's what we gathered for this morning. We gather to get to an end. We gather to get to a, a, a point. You know, we're not just aimlessly gathering. We, we've gathered to get somewhere. He said, now the end of the commandment is, of course, love. It says charity, but it's love out of a pure heart and of a good, con how many know you some good things? This is some good places to get. Man, if we can get to a love out of a pure heart and if we can leave this place and, and live our life with a good conscience, and of sincere, genuine faith, the unhypocritical, unhypocritical. Man, how many know that's, that's a good goal? That's a good landing spot this morning. Amen. Verse 6. From which now, he's, he's bringing us out. Some have, have swerved or some have gone away. Some have got distracted. Some have got off course and missed the mark, actually, what swerved means. Uh, and have turned aside under these vain jagglings, this 
just mumbo jumbo. Verse 7, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor wherefore they affirm. But we know. Somebody say, we know. Now, this is a good, this is a statement here that the law is good. That's the response I expected. Somebody say, the law is good. The law is good. If you can't get nothing by this man, I'm just gonna tell you, you can't get nothing by it. If a man use it, oh, oh, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and the disobedient, for the ungodly, for the sinners, for the unholy, the profane, murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, manslayers. Whoremongers for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. And if there be any other, this, this is covered up. He got tired of trying to make a list. You know, sometimes you, you just get tired of trying to make a list because you can just go on and on who the law's for. And he said, you know what, I'm just going to cut to the chase and I'm going to stop the list. And the list is true, but here's what he said. If there be any other thing that's contrary to what sound doctrine in this book... If there's anything contrary, any other thing contrary to sound doctrine, sound teaching, he says, that's who the law is for. Verse 11, we'll finish. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Now, I want to say, already in this text, we've got the law and the gospel united. This is good. This is good. The law, and that's what we need. Because a lot, a, lot, a lot of folk are gathered this morning in, in places, and some of them's just dwelling on the law. And then there's a lot of others that's just gathered together, and, and they're just free living. I'll say it nice. With no structure, no morals, no ethics, no principles, no sound doctrine. Contrary. But they go together. They go together very nicely. Very nicely. So let's pray over this this morning. Let's ask the Lord bless time. Brother Angle, I ask you to do, do the honors of praying. Ask the Lord bless us. Father, be mindful of us this morning that we're needy people. Without you, we can do nothing. Absolutely, unequivocally, nothing. But with you, we can do all things because you strengthen us, you instruct us, you encourage us, you empower us. And now empower pastor as he breaks the bread to us. In Jesus' name, take a bigger place in our hearts than you've ever occupied before. We'll be careful to give you praise. Jesus' name, amen. Come on, thank the Lord this morning. Thank you, Brother Angle. Thank the Lord this morning. Bless the name of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I want talk to you on this subject you've done seen it but I'll bring it to you the law is good if we use it lawfully the law is good if we use it lawfully now here's what I want to say here's why I know a lot of times you don't get a great response in this 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 uh, era this season uh, our culture when you mention the word law period just when you say the word law you know what I found that I found that it stirs it stirs seems to stir a very negative a very negative thoughts, uh, emotions, 
uh, feelings. It might even stir up some remembrance. Some of of y'all, even today, as I mentioned the law, it, it might stir bad memories from, you know, experiences in, 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 in church or experiences with these, these uh, legalistic sort of people. But stir up, and, and, and as pastor, I have heard my share. I have heard my share. I have heard the negative stories. I've heard the thoughts. I've heard the things that come out of that and, 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 and the things that, that, that stir, has been stirred uh, by people that, that were not using the law lawfully. Because then that's the big key, as Brother Angle's done seen this morning. That's the big key, is the if. Because here's the thing. The law, the Scripture tells us in many places that the law, not only this place, but the law is good. I want you to hear that. The Scripture tells us that over and over again, that the law is good. Romans, give me Romans 7, 12. I'll, I'll give you one more place, and then, and, then, and then we'll go on. But it says, wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. So why why so much negative emotion, so much negative feelings, so negative experiences out of that? And and of course the big reason we've kind of kind of done touched on it uh, for the negative story is, is is it's not been the law. The law is good. It's the legalism. It's it's the legalists. It's it's those that don't use the law correctly. And I've just kind of come this morning just to, to kind of clear that. I don't know. The Lord just put it in my heart so strong. And it's weird because this is not really a, a kind of a, a lease harbor type thought or, or mode. But it was so much in my heart about this that I said, man, I, I've got to share that, Lord. I do. And I will. And I, I submit to that as, I, as I, I thought on these things. Because it's so important. Because you need to see you need to see the law this morning. I want you to see it in a whole different light when we leave here. Positive. Not, not viewing it through some legalistic experience or some legalistic doctrine or someone that didn't use it lawfully, but powerfully, powerfully as, as God, as God wants you to see it and what it's really for. Now, I will say this. I guarantee you this. If you, you think the law is going to stop making you uncomfortable, you're wrong. I, I talk about, I want to remove the negative feelings that come from bad experiences from religious, religious type people. But I don't, you can never remove what God says through his word to our heart. Amen. When the law speaks, I guarantee you, it's going to make us uncomfortable, especially if we're lawbreakers. It's going gonna, it's gonna to ruffle us up. It's going to make us uneasy. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to make us very, it's going to challenge. It's, it's going to challenge our position. It's going to challenge us to, to move. It's going to challenge us in so many ways. But that's God's love. You're going to see that in this. And you're going to see how his, his law is good. It is good. But it won't be comfortable at times because it will be confronting. It will be demanding. Has anybody in here ever had the law challenge their lifestyle? It will. And that's very uncomfortable sometimes. And sometimes we like to ignore that. And pay no attention to that. And move on. And that therefore stirs sometimes bad 
thoughts, memory. We don't even want to hear it this morning. This morning, you, you might already be wanting to turn, man, I picked the wrong day to be at Walton PH. What happened to all that Holy Ghost stuff he's been preached? What happened to that, to, that, to, to all that that's been happening? And here he brings the law up in here. Well, you, if you get a hold of the law that's good, you're going to see something. You're going to see something that will change your life for the rest of your life. Strengthen. Pour in. So, having said all that, here's, here's what I've noticed. Here's what I've noticed in our society, especially society, and but now it's also has, has, has bled over into our church world and, and, and it's becoming stronger. So you didn't see this much uh, when I first began, but uh, you see a whole lot more of it now. But I see, I see it because of the negative and because of the way it challenges, because of how it confronts us. We, we've become a society and even a church now that wants to dismiss the law. We don't. We 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 want to ignore. It. We want to push it to the side. We we want just want to hear. We just want to hear certain aspects of scripture, certain places in scripture, certain things. I told you this story before. I, I back years and years ago when I first got saved. Of course, I went everywhere to church back then because I was learning. I was trying to to get where I was going, where the Lord was sending me. And I went all. I went every kind of church you can think of. I went. I mean, I toured them, baby. I toured them. I, I sat in some legalistic services and and I sat in some greasy grace services and. And uh, I, 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 I tasted both. I really did. And, and I remember one time, I remember one time I sat there, one in particular, and we was reading along, we was studying scriptures as a, just a Bible study, and we was reading along, and, 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 and I ain't going to tell you even the passages, but we was going through the passages there, and we was fixing to get to some stuff, and I knew that, Lord, that's going to challenge some people right there. That's coming, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the preacher jumped it. And, and, and I realized right then, man, you know, that, that the field, why people want to dismiss it, sometimes even preachers, they want to dismiss it. They want to ignore it. But it still exists. And it's still true. And if we don't get a hold to it, we, if we keep ignoring, we miss what God says in this text we will get. Godly edifying. Building up. That's what we need most. That's what everybody's sitting in here this morning. They need built up by God. They don't need built up by some, some personality or some humanistic thought, some psycho babo junker. You feel good, I feel good, let's all feel good. No, we don't need that. We, we don't need a better me in, 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 in the view of myself or how I see me. No. Matter of fact, matter of fact, scripture tells us we, we need we need to see him better. He needs to be, we need to see him. He needs to increase, not me. I need to die more. And when, when we dismiss this, we miss, we miss it all. We miss this building up that God's trying, God's trying to build some people this morning. He's trying to build me. And we, if we dismiss the good part of the law when it's used lawfully, we miss it. And, of course, he showed us in verse 5. Go back to verse 5, 1 Timothy. We showed us in verse 5 what those things are. And it, the one of the things, you know what? It, it, originally, you remember when God gave Israel the law, even way back in Exodus, when he, when he brought them to Sinai, and he brought them, there was a, three or four reasons that, that just plain, even in this New Testament text. You know, he gave them the law, one thing to bring, to, to bring love out of their heart. Because he, he, one of the things that we don't talk about this a lot, we get stuck on other things about the, about the law, but one of the things that the law did was doing is help them be more compassionate and more loving. 
I mean, God, God gave them all kinds of law about being neighborly and, and to the stranger and, and, and to be helpful and to be given and to feed and to be good to people. Be good to your neighbor. Of course, Jesus come along and took that to a whole new level. He said, not just your neighbor, but your enemies. Love them. Them that treat you bad. Love them. But, but that's part of what he's trying to do. That's what the law does. We'll never get to this end. We'll never get to the place where it's love out of a pure heart. We'll never get to the place where, where we have this compassion and pity on people. We're not going to get there. Or, or, or to a good conscience. You can't dismiss God's word and have a good conscience. I don't care. You can ignore it. You can act like, you, you can act like I'm good. I'm good. But you cannot. In the still of the night, when it all gets dark, when, when it's just you and the Lord, he speaks to us. He touches our heart. He reminds us. He reminds us what he said, what he's been saying, how he's been saying it. That's God. And, and, and from that, from, from the, the goodness of the law, man, we, we can have this good conscience. That's the end of the commandment. That's at the end of the law. It's this love out of a pure heart, this good conscience. And then, and then faith, unfeigned, genuine, unhypocritical. Sincere. Yeah, there's crickets up in this place. <laughs> but it's what it is. This is at the end of it. So this morning, what I really want to do, I want to spend what little time i got left. I want to talk to you just a minute. This is where I'm going to throw in some scriptures at you. I want to talk to you about the good of the law. I want you to get a hold of this. Cause, and, and, and what the good of the law is. And, and, and really how he gave it. God... Don't you see God's heart? He didn't give, he didn't give his law to, to be rough or, or to bind us or to be a tyrant. He gave us his law because he, he, he was trying to shape us and mold us. And he was trying to express his character that we might experience his character. And, and, and that we could express that to all the world. That's why he gave us that. Amen. 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 The first, one of the first uses of the law, you know, one of the first places that, that you really find why God and why he, he, he did that was for that reason. He, he gave his law to a children that had just come out of Egypt for 400 plus years. They'd come out of Egypt and, and they had all these Egyptian worldly cultural ungodly ways and, and when they come out they come out he gave them the law and what for to and this is one of the big this is one of the great uses was to restrain sin one of the great things about the law that's what it does it's to restrain sin when, when it's no accident when you read your bible and you and your lifestyle or you're something in your habits or something in your character or even the minutest things when they run across word that's trying to restrain Y'all hang with me. Y'all act like y'all choking. Y'all dying. Somebody breathe. Take a deep breath. Little Lamont's here. 
I feel like I'm trying to have a child this morning. <laughs> feel like I'm trying to give birth. This is labor, Lord. Amen. But 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 God gave them to restrain sin. He wanted he them children that come out been in bondage, been in the Egyptian out of the world for four hundred. They needed a, something immediate, some immediate result. Or there would have been chaos, craziness. And that's what God, you know, when we first get saved, all of a sudden, I found the Bible, I found scriptures, I found, and immediately, God gave me his law a lot of places for immediate results in my life. Now, the process and the sanctification is still ongoing, and I'm still not there. But I'm going to tell you what. He gave me his law day one. Day one, I started seeing it. He started opening it up, and it was for one reason, immediate results, because I had been a heathen for 26 years, and it was dead to even what sin was. And it was the law that brightened my path that allowed me to begin to have these immediate results. Things that begin to happen immediately. I thank the Lord. That's why I understand now. I, I didn't used to maybe. But I understand now why the psalmist said, man, I love thy law. At one time I thought, man, that's just crazy. How can you love the law? But now I really see. And it does. It's a restraint. I thank God. I tell you what, it ain't the best way to go. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm going to tell you what, many times it's been his law that has restrained me. From really messing up bad. I remember many years ago, I ain't, ain't going to bring out which daughter it was, but one daughter was dating somebody I didn't want her to talk. You've, you've heard this story. She was, she, was, she was dating somebody that I didn't want her to date, and I was mad. And I didn't want him even over there. I didn't want him nowhere near Craig Countyville, Sarver Town. Nowhere near. And I come out going to feed, and I looked, and what I see? I seen his pretty little Harley Davidson sitting out there on my cattle rack, my cattle guard. Man, I got furious. Furious. I hate to say this, but I'd been pastoring about 20 years at that time. <laughs> I got so furious. I told my wife, if y'all don't want to be under me no more, I'll understand. But I'm going to tell the story anyway. I told my wife, that's it. I went to get the tractor. I went to get the tractor. I said, I'll show him something. Pastoring all and all up in there. I was all pastoring up in there. I was going to take them forks where I get my round bales out with, and I was going to stick them forks right up under that little Harley. And I was going to lift her about three foot off the ground, and I was going to go about a, a tenth of a mile down the road, and I was going to dump it over the bridge. Serious. Dad asked my wife how serious I am. She looked like a five-year-old hanging on to my legs. I dragging her along, trying to get to the tractor shed. And in her most most godly anointed voice, she finally broke, let go, whatever, and said, Lee Sarger, sit down. I had just a minute there, and I realized I know God's with me. 
And I know. And it became a restraint. Now, I thank God he used Cindy for the, the help. <laughs> I'm glad she tackled me on the way to give God time enough to speak to my heart. But ain't it a restraint? How many know what I'm talking about? It has kept me, kept me from going to jail that day. And that was a Saturday. I don't know what y'all have done for a preacher. I don't know if I'd have got bail or not by Sunday. I'm not sure. I thought, well, Paul's been in jail. Heck with it. I'm going to dump it over in the creek. I will say this. It, I think the threat of it, uh, she didn't date him no more. <laughs> now, I don't know if that was the whole purpose, but I, I feel like she knew that her daddy done got serious. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. But that's it. We've been redeemed by God. They had been redeemed by God and, and set apart as a holy nation. That's what it was about. That's what the law was about. And, and, and if you look back, you look back at the history. I understand this. And this is the part I want you to catch because we're going somewhere. I'm not, I'm not here to, to uplift the law. I'm here to put it where it belongs. I'm not here to glorify the law above the gospel. I'm, I'm going to put it right where it belongs before I come to an end. I guarantee you. But I'm telling you, it's good. It's good. But when you look back over the history of Israel and, and, and the legal restraints that, 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 that God put on, we, we know it did not. It did not have an lasting a righteous effect. That we see glimpses. We saw glimpses as, as they operated under the law. We saw glimpses where righteousness would shine. We saw the kingdom of David, and there was even splotches in that. But, but, but it, ne it never did it last or was never effective to last. But now restraint's still good. It's still good. It's still good for us in its final goal. I mean, no, I wouldn't have had a good conscience if I'd have dumped that fellers. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no. How many know that wasn't love out of a pure heart? How many know I'd have come to Sunday school that Sunday morning feeling hypocritical? And I guarantee you the Sunday school lesson would have been on loving thy neighbor. And I'd had to went home and dug that motorcycle out the creek. Oh, I got to let up, Ada. I got to let up. Amen. Amen. But it's not, it's not, it's not, the, you know why? It's not because the law is not perfect either. We know the Bible tells us that the law is, it's not because the law is not strong. It's not because the law ain't holy. It's not because, of, but we know, we've learned, we learned by Romans 8 and 3, we learned it's because the flesh is weak. It's not the law. This law is still perfect. Everywhere, you can, and that's what's so awesome. Good, glory to God. How can you get excited about the law? Because it's perfect. I understand when it fails in my life, it's because my flesh is weak. It's me, God. It's not your word. When his, when his law challenges us, we sense that tension. We understand that's perfect and I'm weak. Amen. Amen. So that was one of the, that was one of the, the, the first years, but the flesh was weak, and it, and it led to even to a greater thing. And now we're coming, we're coming more up towards uh, the time of Christ and, and the, the Spirit. But all through, we didn't have time. We didn't got time to study the whole, the whole law, even back to the, back to the first dispensation. But, but as we're going to move really quickly here, there's another use that makes it so good, and it's something we experience now. 
and something that's so, so, so important in our life now. Something that's important even here this morning. And, and one thing is this, is that the law is good because it reveals sin. It reveals sin. That's the awesome thing about the law. I found it, and we need it revealed. Because all of us have little streaks of deceitfulness, little streaks of bad motives, little streaks of bad intentions, little streaks of, of it ain't quite what it's supposed to be. Little, little things, little things that's deceptive. Little deceitfulnesses of the heart in us. Working, working, working. And I thank God that he sent the law, what? To make us aware that this is sin. Romans 3, I'll read it for you. Romans 3, 19 through 20. Here, here's, here's what the scripture says. Romans 3, 19 through 20. She's coming. I always jump real quick and they don't know, they don't know I was going. Romans 3, 19 through 20. Did I give it to you? Or maybe I didn't give it to you. Yep. Now we know that whatsoever, whatsoever things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, and that every mouth may be stopped, and that all the world, did you hear that? All the world becomes guilty before God. In verse 20, therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge. We become aware. It's great. When we study what God says, commands, words, even, even the Old Testament, even the Ten Commandments that we're trying to dismiss. Because it reveals who we are. It reveals we become aware. This is where I'm you know what? We become aware that, yes, I, I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. I've missed it. I'm missing it. I've been saved 20-some years, but I can read some aspects of the law sometimes. And I just say, you know what? I'm wrong right there. We become aware. It brings an awareness. It exposes Romans 7, 7. Right quick, and I'm going to read you a couple more scriptures, and we've got to get where we're going and bring this thing. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. No, I had, I had not known sin but for the law. I wouldn't even know. And that's us. We were, we were dead. When we're dead in sin, dead to sin, I can say this. Fully experienced it on this. And when I was a sinner, I was dead to most aspects of sin. There was a few things that I realized my grandma didn't like, and my granddaddy didn't like, and neighbors didn't like, and a lot of other folk maybe didn't like, but I didn't aware, I was not aware that that was sin. I thought that was lifestyle. I thought that's the way I'm supposed to live. Some of the world patted me on the back for living like that. Some of the world would congratulate me for it. Some of the world said, that's good. That's the way you should do it. That's all right. But when I got a hold to God's way, to his law, it exposed. It brought it wide open. It laid my heart open like a fillet knife. And I become aware that this is sin. This is sin in my life. And it's been doing that ever since. Took leaps and bounds in the beginning, but now he's down to precision. Still cutting, still. It's like it's like the law is like a dredge. It goes down into the into the deepest parts of your heart. 
and it brings up the, the mud that's done laid on the bottom. The water looks clear. It looks clear, but when the dredge gets done, it's mud. It's muddy water everywhere. Pull. That's why a lot of times, a lot of times I hear folks say this. When they come to church, they'll say they have a good service, the spirit moves, or the word. They'll say something like this. They'll say something like, I didn't even know that was in my heart. You're right, you didn't. I didn't know that was in my heart. But God's law, his word, his commands, his principles, through his spirit, dredges, baby, dredges. And it ain't gold. It's mud. Mud that's in her heart. I'm going to tell you, all y'all look lovely, and I love all of you, and I know, I know y'all are sincere. But I'm going to tell you, we all got mud in our heart. We got mud. Now, you might have a, a smaller mud puddle than some. But I done learned it's still mud. And if a spirit gets turned loose with the right word, he can turn about any water into mud. Amen. He dredges. He dredges. He makes us aware. He exposes it. He exposes it. And it wasn't just for the Israelites. It was for all the world. All the world is guilty. Guilty. I'm going somewhere. I know you're, you're hanging on. But it unveils. This is the chief thing. And this is where I got to go. It unveils our sin. But now here's where the shift starts to go. And this is where it really starts getting good because it unveils our sin. And it starts pointing to a Savior that I've got to have. He don't just muddy the water. He don't just dredge up. He don't just show us, make us aware that I, I'm this and I'm that. And I'm under this penalty of law. And, no, no. He shows us then this Savior. Christ. My need. I didn't know I needed a Savior until I found out I was a sinner. I didn't realize. I thought I was a pretty good old boy. Everybody told me I was. Grandma told me I was a great little boy. I believed her. She was convincing. She would make me peanut butter and crackers with love. Even in my worst state. I said, I'm a pretty good old boy. I'm a pretty good old boy. But, but through that, then I seen, I need a Savior. I started seeing. I start Galatians 3. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Galatians 3, 21 through 24, uh, if you don't mind, Caleb. Galatians 3. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord uh, God make coats of skin, clothe them. Uh, no, it's Galatians, honey. I, I'm sorry. Galatians. I might, let me, let me, if you ain't got it, that's all right. I'll read it because uh, I probably give you, I probably wrote that down for you wrong. Let me, I said, wait a minute. That's, that's Genesis. <laughs> I, but you, I got to let you see this. I want you to hear this. Turn, turn to, do it the old way. Sometimes we get spoiled. Let's do it the old way. Galatians 3, uh, uh, starting with 21. Listen, listen to what the word of the Lord says. It says, is the law then against the promises of God? Because that's where I'm going. The law is not against the promise. The law is not against Christ. The law is not against him being Savior. Galatians 3, 21, is the law against the promise of God? Forbid, for if there had not been a law given which, which could have, if there had been a law given which could give life, Truly, righteousness would, would, would have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded all are under sin and the promise by faith of Jesus Christ that might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. We've always been there. Shut up unto faith. 
couldn't get a hold of faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law, listen, is our schoolmaster bringing us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. That's what it's for. It teaches me. You need Jesus Christ. The law tells me, man, I need Christ as Savior. I need him in my life. I need the forgiveness. I need all these things to make me whole. I need Christ. Amen. So here's, 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 the, here's my main point. Here's my big point. And there's much more that you could say. I'm not, I'm not even, this book is about, this book is about the gospel. I mean, but I, I just skimmed it. But here's the main thing that I see in all this. And this is our hope. This is where we're at today. This is the message. This is the law to the church. This is really what the law, and the law was trying to do this all the way back. Even in Abraham, the law, what, what laws there was, even in Noah's day, what laws there was, it was all trying to do what, what I'm going to tell you right here in just a minute. What, what, what's trying to go on right here this morning, what the Spirit is trying to do, what God is after. When he gave us the law, there was a thing, you know, Moses and the prophets, they came, and, and it was for a reason. And it wasn't just to belch out certain commands or principles for restraint or even sometimes even to reveal. But, but, but for this purpose, the law, the law was given as a prophetic goal. A prophetic goal. It was given. The law was given with prophetic goals of getting to Jesus. Always. The law has always been a shadow pointing to Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to show you here in a minute in Scripture. But it's always been the end. Give me Romans 10, 4, Kayla. Romans 10, 4. I want you to see this. It says, for Christ, here it is. It's the end of the law. It's worth, it's worth the end. It's, Christ is, is that prophesied goal. If I preach the law next Sunday, there's a goal in it. And it's to get to Christ. As I stand here this morning, that's the the goal. But sometimes, sometimes preaching the law is hard, it's harsh, it feels uncomfortable, it feels unnecessary. It don't, it's not a, this is not a feely good church. Oh no, honey, but if you'll get to the end, Amen. good God Almighty, Amen. if you'll get to the end, if you'll get to the goal, the telos, the very end, the telos, the end, if you'll get to the end of the law, there's righteousness to everyone that believes. Hey, that's the whole goal. If I say thou shalt not 14 times, there's a goal in it. Maybe it's for you to realize I should not. And I need a Savior. That's the goal. When, when the Pharisees come and kept saying, you know what, we ain't murdered. And Jesus said, well, very good, very good. But that's not the goal. The goal is to get you to me. I say if you hate or if you're angry with someone in your heart, well, you've already, you're over the line. Jesus said, we, we ain't committed adultery. We ain't running around with other women or other men. We ain't done none of that. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Let me just take a look. If you think in your heart, he, he's taking them to the end. He said, what is he saying? You still need me. So what you kept that? I'm glad you kept that. I'm glad you've kept what you've kept. But it's like the rich wrong ruler. Don't go away sad. Give it to him and be glad. 
Because you've got to the end of the commandment. When you get to the end of the commandment, all the negative is rolled away. All the bad experiences is rolled away. When you get to the end of the commandment, there's no more bad experiences or negative feelings because there stands Christ. There stands the Savior. There stands the Lord. There stands the gospel. It's the end. The goodness of the law. Why is the law good? It leads us to the gospel. That's why he said the law is good. Because it connects. It goes to the gospel. It goes to there stands Jesus. And it's in that thought we understand that God is both. Hold on. He's both just. And he will judge. He will judge. Come on, that law tells us that. Don't you feel that? That's why you get uncomfortable. And you feel the wrath. Because that's law. Law shouts wrath. Law shouts penalty. But he is both just, and he don't stop at just just, but he's justifying. That's what the law does. The law don't stop with the law. No, it's trying to get you to the goal, to the end. It wants you to have love out of a pure heart. It wants you to have compassion and, and pity. It wants, it wants you to have a good conscience. It wants you to have sincere faith. Amen. Amen. Now, as a new covenant believer, we know that we're set free from the curse, right? We are. We're not under that. Galatians tells us that. We ain't got time to read all that. But Galatians 3, 10 through about 17, it tells us we've been set free from the curse of the law. But now we know by 2 Timothy, let me just jump in here, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. This is, this is where it comes into play then. We know the times in which we live. That's why I added a little scripture to this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, I added this here because of the times in which we live and the volatility of it and, and the need. If we ever we need the law, it's today. It's in this hour in which we live. Amen, 13. Have you got 13? Did I give it to you? Okay, okay. 2 Timothy 13. Go back to 13 because I want to tie all this in. This is the age we live in, but evil men, seducers, wax worse and worse, deceiving. and be, That's why we need the law. It shows deception. My own. Ain't nothing worse than self-deception. Ain't nothing worse than lying to yourself. Ain't nothing worse than fooling yourself. Ain't nothing worse. Self-deception. Crickets. But it's true. It's true. So that's why, verse 14, verse 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and thou hast assured of, knowing whom you've learned them from, verse 15, verse 15, and from a child thou hast known holy scriptures, which is able to make you wise in the South, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, verse 16, verse 16, and all scripture, all of it, the law, the commands, Leviticus, Leviticus, all scripture, all scripture is profitable. What for? Doctrine, reproof, correction that we need, correction, instruction in what? Righteousness. 17, that the man of God may be 
perfect, thoroughly furnished. Getting to the end. Getting to that perfect man, Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's it. But it's not just the law written. It's the law right there. It's right there. That's what Jeremiah prophesied. Jeremiah said there's coming a time when these people that keep pushing back the law, there's coming a time that God is going to be their God, and they're going to be his people, and he's going to write it on their heart. That's getting to that end goal because it's wrote on my heart. It's love. I love it. It's on my heart, and I'm going to obey him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to listen. Hebrews, even New Testament gives us a little something like that, Hebrews 10 and 16, and I'm coming to a close. I told you I was going to probably overload you on words. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. So, so powerful. So the law in the heart. Today, if you're here as a believer, the law is for our instruction, for our discipleship. You can't be discipled if you keep dismissing the law and his commands, his principles. I'm going to tie it together. Hang on. Sanctification is the process of him writing in our heart, speaking to our heart. If ever there's a danger in this hour, it's this. It's pushing away, ignoring over and over what God's trying to use to build you up, to make you stronger, to help you. Where you're at in your life, what you're going through. This, this is now our, to the New Testament believer, the law is a word of wisdom. Do you hear me? In the New Testament, believe it, the law is a word of wisdom. That's why you should read the law. As a word, it's the prophet. It's the old prophets prophesying a word of wisdom. Here's a word of wisdom. Amen. Amen. And it's for, for our, our strength. So, so here's how it all ties together. Uh, and I'm going to go back to First Timothy. Here's kind of how it all ties. The law is good, he says, if a man use it lawfully. And then at the very last verse, what we read this morning, he says, according to the glorious gospel. And it's all, it's yoked together. This, to, use, to use it, uh, 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 is to use it in such a way that we always connect it with the gospel. That the law, it, in other words, Paul, come on. In other words, if, if they sin in our life today, well, we need the law, don't we? We need the law, and, we need, and, and the law is hard on us. I know it is. I could maybe bounce through 20 or 30 scriptures this morning and just be hard. You know? But the reason it is, because it's, it's always trying to connect to the gospel, this glorious gospel and this blessed God in whom we can trust. The law is hard. But in its, in its purpose, it's, it's Christ, and, and, and it prophesies of Christ, and it prophesies of redemption, of grace, forgiveness. If you feel conviction this morning, I'm going to tell you what, look a little deeper, there's grace. If you feel conviction this morning, look a little deeper, there's forgiveness. 
There's forgiveness. If you look a little deeper, if right now God is challenging you in some area of your life, look deeper because he, he's, yes, he might challenge you, but he's saying, come unto me. Come unto me and I'll give you exactly what you need. I'll give you rest. I'll, I'll give you what you need. Whatever areas of life, whatever, whatever's going on in our life, there's forgiveness, there's freedom. Mm. Law tells us, man, we're, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. But Christ says, come to me. Come. Because we feel it. We feel it. This is a great day in here. If you've come to the conclusion that I'm a sinner. It is. It's awesome. I would to God that folk that never knew Christ, that man, today they'd say, you know what, I'm a sinner. Because one that does that, they realize too that he's a Savior. He's a Savior. And there he stands as Savior. If you're here this morning as a believer, caught up in sin, law's just as hard on you too, ain't it? You're a believer here this morning. You're caught up in, in sin. He says, come and be free. Come and be free. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. It's used in the law lawfully. And it's good. It's good. It's good in this place.